Welcome, folks. Today on The Warrior Poet, with the help of an almost famous venture capitalist, we're going to bring the ABCs of leadership back again to the fore, kind of like one of the most successful R&B acts of all time, brought Motown back again to Philly, the place where, according to legend, it's always sunny. Motown Philly's back again. Doing a little East Coast swing. Boys to men going out. Not too hard, not too soft. Back in school, we used to dream about this. We talk about a lot of things here on the Warrior Poet Podcast. We talk about things like philosophy and business and the mind. One of our recurring topics here, though, is leadership, given that I spent the majority of my life and career learning about leadership and in leadership positions. It's something I'm passionate about, and hopefully I can share some of those experiences and lessons with all of you and learn and evolve my own leadership style and expertise as we go along. It's tempting sometimes to have the opinion once you've been in a field for a very long time that you know everything about it or that your particular strain of experience may be superior to others. Or at least maybe that's something I've been thinking about a lot for myself, especially with regard to leadership. It is tempting for those who have come from the military, especially a service academy like the Naval Academy or the most elite parts of the military, it's tempting to assume that that way is the right way. Just like it's tempting for Americans to assume that our way is the best way and ordained by a higher being. This, of course, is not a political show, but that kind of outlook, the kind of earth as the center of the universe outlook is something all of us as humans should be aware of. There must be a clever sort of Latin name for that bias, but I don't know what it is. Hit me up on the social meds if you know what that is called. I came across an interesting article by a guy named Delian. I'm not going to try and pronounce his Bulgarian last name. Please check the show notes. Hopefully you're doing that every episode. There are usually some articles, some books, some musings, some links to some... Nice YouTube clips, especially when we feature musical acts. Sometimes the videos are worth a thousand notes or something like that. Anyway, I'll link to Delian's blog in the show notes. Uh, check it out. The article is great. He's got this as a part of a series on lessons he's learned from a guy named Keith Rabois. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing his name in the uh, French way like he himself maybe does, Mr. Keith Rabois. Keith Rabois is a venture capitalist, was or still is at Coastal Ventures. He's part of the PayPal mafia, was also at Square and a number of other places, and I think has had a pretty prolific career. He also happens to be a lawyer. Uh, I believe he picked up a law degree at Stanford. Um, he may have also gone to Harvard at some point for business school or something else. I should maybe know that uh, given our perhaps shared uh, alumni status there. Anyway, Mr. Delian 
talks about the lessons he learned in this series. One article of which that I just came across on, on Google or Quora was lessons from Keith Rebois, SA3, how to be an effective executive. Delian doesn't have too many articles on his site, but um, some of them are fairly recent and, uh, and, and a good summary, good, highly structured, easy to read and uh, check them out. So in this article, I found a lot of typical lessons of leadership, especially in the modern era, but seeing them all in one place is always a good sanity check. So here we go back to the ABCs of leadership, at least some of them. And I'll run through his list and, and add my own thoughts as we go. So apparently Mr. Rabois breaks down leadership into two things, running yourself and running your team. And the running yourself part of it is very reminiscent of uh, Peter Drucker's book, The Effective Executive, right? So, I mean, Effective Executive is in the title of this article. So I, I would assume that Keith Rabois, the person who all these lessons in this article are coming from, uh, that Keith Rabois takes a lot of his insights from Drucker himself, the uh, godfather of management. So in Running Yourself, it's broken down into lead, don't manage. We've talked a lot about that on The Warrior Poet. You can check out probably half the episodes. I'm sure at some point in half of them, I've mentioned the difference between leadership and management. So I won't belabor that too much. Second, understand your output. And this is an interesting one. I think it goes back to Andy Grove, the famous leader of Intel, founder of Intel as well, I believe. And Andy Grove has a formula that is along the lines of your output is how much your team gets done plus how much neighboring teams and organizations get done. So the sum of all outputs of your team and quote unquote neighboring organizations divided by how many people are on your team. That's an interesting way to think about output. I don't think it is easily measured. I also think there are issues with, I mean, if you care about recognition, if you care about how you and your team get rewarded and how you can have an impact, the sort of neighboring organization's focus is going to be uh, hard to measure and to celebrate. But if you're a leader, you care more about the actual impact than you do about your tangible rewards. So, you know, I don't think that that is a uh, non-starter for, for the formula here, but it's an, it's an interesting way to think about your leadership because um, obviously leadership can be indirect and not just about your direct reports. So that formula gets at that quite nicely. Once again, that's how much your team gets done plus how much neighboring teams get done all divided by all of that divided by how many people are on your team. It also implies some guidance about when you should hire people. The advice in the column here by Mr. Delian is that you shouldn't hire someone unless they will increase the overall average, sorry, the, not the overall, the average output per person on the team. So either that person is a better than average person than the team you have at the moment, or 
they will enable everyone else to do their best work. It's a product of inertia that a lot of leaders just hire more and more of the function of that leader. So marketing people will just hire more marketing people. Designers will just hire more designers. Product people will just hire more product people. Engineers will just hire more engineers. Of course, the military and other organizations advise us to have cross-functional teams and especially to have cross-functional expertise and ability and just sometimes hustle. Maybe it's not <laughs> expertise. Maybe it's just that person who hustles, who's less experienced than everyone else, but can make everyone else more efficient, maybe everyone else more inspired, maybe cut down cycle times or communications times, things like that. Maybe, maybe they evangelize what the work is that's being done to other organizations and help you as the leader with that influence. Anyway, think about that person. A lot of times it could be a simple operations person to help other more seasoned specialists all do their best work. So that was understand your output plus some other tangents on my part. Focus on inputs. This one's a little more murky, but the emphasis is about not focusing your time as much on outputs. This is kind of hotly debated, uh, I think, at the moment, especially in the light of the whole OKR movement, objective and key results, which, as we've said in, before on this podcast, it's uh, an old concept, a very, very old concept couched in a new acronym. So I'm not sure why OKRs are so celebrated right now. But then you have the other side of the, the argument, which is focusing on habits, focusing on the sort of operations of the team more than goals. This you can also apply to yourself, right? We're in the running yourself section, actually, of Keith Rabois' advice in terms of focusing on the inputs for yourself and then focusing on the inputs for your team as opposed to just where you want to go. Spend time on high leverage activities is number four on this list for running yourself. Do things that have the most impact. Those are the words directly from the article. Sometimes preparing a dashboard or something like that is the example used in the, the post here. And I think it's a great example of how you can add leverage to your team. Fifth, optimize your most valuable resource, your time. So calendar management, things like that. Okay, now we're on the second section of this advice from the venture capitalist Keith Rabois on being an effective executive. Now, I've, of course, couched this episode here as the ABCs of leadership. To me, the ABCs of leadership are vision and guts. And I borrowed this from a uh, close brother of mine in the SEAL teams as I was applying to business school preparing an essay, thinking about 
what leadership meant to me and how I would describe it, I asked this guy what he thought, and he didn't take too long to give me that articulation. And that has stuck with me to this day, having the vision of the future for your team and effectively articulating that, and then having the guts to follow through. Those are the two X factors that are very hard to come by. You can study all sorts of things about organizational design, how to have an effective one-on-one with your people, how to do an effective meeting. But if you don't have vision and guts, you're never going to be much of a leader. Okay, back to the effective executive advice, though. We're on second section here, running your team. This is pretty simple. Gather information. Apparently, Peter Thiel, also of PayPal Mafia and uh, Facebook investment fame, among others, Palantir, advises that your job as a CEO is to make the four right calls a year. Make four key decisions per year. If you fail on those decisions, everyone fails. So you need to make those calls. Obviously, you need to do other things, but... You need to gather information to make those four right calls. So um, one piece of practical advice, which is very similar to the military, is walk your spaces, as we say in the Navy, meaning walk around, go inspect your spaces, your kind of rooms that you owned as an officer, owned in quotes. You make sure that they are up to snuff and being taken care of, all the equipment's being taken care of, but... More importantly than that, you need to walk around in order to interact with the people in your team and the people in supporting teams. There's pretty much no substitute for that. And now in a COVID environment, it's a lot harder to wander around the office, as the author of this article says. Next, simplify metrics and objectives. We talked earlier about focusing on the inputs when running yourself. And I think there was a little running your team advice there too, but this is just keeping things simple in terms of your objectives. We talked about that a ton on the warrior poet, many, 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 many smart people who think they are leaders or are at least in management positions with fancy titles, try to overcomplicate and overoptimize when it comes to what the mission of the team is and what the measure of success is. Keep it simple stupid kiss next there's some breakdown of meetings and decisions i won't dwell too much on this if you're super interested in how to make decisions you can check out other episodes of the warrior poet where we've referenced the book by the heath brothers decisive among other things and you can also check out stuff about meetings here in this article which again is linked in the show notes but They break meetings down into four types, one-on-ones, staff meetings, decision meetings, and operating reviews with a whole bunch of other advice in there. One piece of info that I thought was interesting is that apparently one-on-ones were extremely rare or almost unheard of, at least on a routine basis and and a structured basis until Andy Grove's book on management, high output management, which we'll link in the show notes. And I've got to say, there was really no mechanism for structured one-on-ones in the military. That being said, I think that there's a culture of 
a lot more deep personal interaction in the military as opposed to business culture, office culture, and timely direct feedback and clear roles and responsibilities where I'm not saying it's not needed, but it's just uh, there are other mechanisms that take the place and achieve the intent of the routine one-on-one. Lastly, peak performance when evaluating people on your team. What they're getting at here, Mr. Rebois and Mr. Delian, I almost called him Mr. Daniele. What they're getting at here is extending a lot of room and scope and decision-making authority to low levels of people in order to develop their expertise. And this is especially true when you have low risk to the decision. And in sort of modern consulting business school fashion, in the article, it breaks it down into a two-by-two two matrix of conviction on the leader's part, high to low, and risk of the decision, high to low. And uh, you can imagine sort of what those quadrants are. If you have high conviction as a leader and it's high risk decision, then you want to probably be prepared to overrule the junior person. Also talked about in the peak performance section of this article, which I thought was really good, is if you have someone who needs to grow in order to achieve more, you should think about whether motivation is the problem. and then. That's on you as the leader, as opposed to actual capability. And if it's capability, that could also be your problem as a leader. And maybe you need to micromanage the how and when and what of that person until they develop the muscle memory and the experience and the judgment to be able to dictate how they do things more. I kind of hate that micromanagement of things, especially in the more senior levels of the private sector. But sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes you can improve people's motivation or they need to make a switch to something else where they will naturally be more passionate. And then sometimes the person just really doesn't have it in them in terms of capability. Again, we're all about growth mindset here, but sometimes that person's skills will add higher leverage to a different activity. And it's on them to improve their skills or not. And it's on you to try and make sure they're the right fit for the job in the first place and over time. And now's that time of the program where we get all the way wet. Footnote number one, and basically the final footnote of this episode. When I was thinking about the ABCs of leadership, the first thing, of course, I thought of was ABC BBD, the line from the famous Boys to Men song. Interestingly, this song, Motown Philly, one word, I think, is one of their faster songs and uh, one of their most successful songs. I'm really not a fan of most of their slow songs, although they 
had a lot of success. A lot of people still remember those songs. They probably still make a lot of money off of those songs. So who am I to criticize them? I never understood until recently what ABC BBD stood for. It was total nonsense, even though that lyric has stuck with me forever. Apparently, ABC is another bad creation, another musical group, and BBD is Belle Biv DeVoe, which Belle Biv DeVoe is a group. It's not a guy. For some reason, when I was a kid, I used to think Belle Biv DeVoe was one particular person, but it's the union of three guys of those names, one of whom is Michael Bivens. Michael Bivens Biv apparently co-wrote the song Motown Philly and is featured on the song and perhaps in the video as well. And this is all why the lyrics talk about the East Coast family. What you heard in the beginning of this episode was the gang from Always Sunny in Philadelphia singing their version of Motown Philly in an episode where they were going to try and sing a Boys to Men song to open for Boys to Men themselves. And I think the concert ends up getting canceled, if I recall correctly. And lastly, you also heard there a very hardcore version of the Boys to Men song by the band Elysium. I believe we're about 40-odd episodes in here if you count some of the bonus episodes. So some things are a little bit of blur. Please forgive me. But I think we've featured an Elysium cover before of a similarly slow song. And uh, the video, you should check out the video. Like, first of all, I don't hate their version of the song it's actually not that bad uh if you can tolerate the hardness and then secondly uh their kind of expressions in the video are a little more playful than the hardness of uh the the singing and and the guitars uh would lead you to believe so a little bit of respect here to the elysium cover that is all for today Hope you took something away in your toolbox for leadership or just for leading yourself as we go along here and evaluate how we can all have the most impact on the world and those around us. Just remember, sometimes it makes sense to go back to the beginning, start back to basics, as they used to say sometimes in my plebe year in the Naval Academy, and you knew it was going to suck when it was back to basics night. Anyway, start from zero if you need to. Reboot, reassess, refine. Take care. The Warrior Poet is a property of Rainiac Productions. If you like The Warrior Poet, there's more great content on Instagram. Follow Shri, The Warrior Poet, on Instagram. That's S-R-I, The Warrior Poet. You can also get to know me on a personal level by following Shri, actually, on Instagram as well. The Warrior Poet is produced by Laddie, with special contributions by Spoonman and me, Shri. No, 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 no. Kevin, me na do it. Spita. <laughs>